Welcome, everybody. This is the U.S. Grace Force Podcast. I'm Doug Berry, along with my good friend, Father Richard Heilman. And our guest tonight, Dr. Joe Lipetsky, is back. Yeah, we had him on not too long ago. Joe, good to have you back again here. Thank you. Um, everything, of course, needs to begin with prayer. So, Father Heilman, I always leave that to your very capable priestly hands. Sure. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you very much, Father. I want to thank everybody else out there, of course, as we do in every episode. Thank you so much for your prayers, your comments, your encouragement, and your support. Cannot do this without you. Uh, in our world of canceling left and right, messages of, of hope and trying to encourage people to do the right thing and protect, defend what is good, holy, and true, which is what we're trying to do with the U.S. Grace Force podcast. A lot of people don't want that, and a lot of people are trying to tear that down. So thank you for your prayers, for sharing this with other people, getting the word out about it. Please remember to subscribe to this channel if you haven't and continue to share this and the audio version of it as well with as many people as possible. Let's help people find peace, find truth, and understand the place where demons cannot go. We're going to get into that tonight. Also, I want to thank all those who support us through the Patreon program. Anybody interested, click the link in the description below. That is an amazing way to help us continue to get this message out, and we thank all of you for that. And remember also the U.S. Grace Force gear page, great T-shirts, hoodies, Long sleeve, short sleeve, women's styles, men's styles, awesome designs. Help get that message out. Help people hear and see and read the message that gives encouragement and helps people be trained up to fight this good fight. So please check that out. The official gear page of the U.S. Grace Force description in the link. I'm sorry, the link in the description below. You'll find that there. Uh, Father, this is Joe's back. He was great the last time we had him on. Really yeah. hit us with some great stuff on the amygdala, the prefrontal cortex, fear. I still talk about this with people, encourage people to put things in order. So it's great to have him on here. So, uh, Father, I'll let you set up what this show is about and why we have the illustrious and very knowledgeable Dr. Joe Lepesky tonight. Yeah, we're really excited. Thank you, Dr. Joe, for coming on. It's a, <clears throat> it's a, it's a time that we're, we're getting ready for Lent right now. And um, why this Lent? Well, look at what we've gone through in the last two years. I mean, um, it's just been, I, I think it's just been a demonic uh, oppression over all of us. And I think you do too. But yes. I've always been intrigued with um, what you, you're on Father Ripperger's team. And we had him on last week and, and we asked if he would come on too because of the findings that you guys have uh, discovered with your uh, Libra Cristo team. Libra Cristo means freedom through Christ. Right. Yes. Yep. Yep. And and uh, and it's it's astounding actually, and it's simple really, and uh, mm -hmm. but it's it's bringing healing to a lot of people who uh, are feeling so anxious and so many other. Uh, negative bad emotions uh, to the point where they might even wonder if they're being oppressed by the devil. And so they come to you, your team, and they're looking for help. And uh, as Father Ripperger uh, described, there's act, you, you actually now are to the point where you kind of take them to these phases just to see what's going right. on with them. And m most, the vast majority uh, are uh, made well, uh, find that peace uh, you know, uh, yes. make their way through that demonic oppression just by doing that phase one, which is really what we're going to be talking about tonight. I, in the meantime, I have been listening intently to you guys and, and just cheering you on because uh, it's it, it, some form or another, because my background is in, um, I study the spiritual direction. And also I have a BA in psychology, by the way. <laughs> no good. But, uh, so I have a great love for psychology, but um Anyway, uh, I've been I've been studying too, and and I've been finding that I've been doing something similar with people who come with their problems. Uh, so what I'll do is I'll listen to them, and when it's my turn to talk, I I usually ask them, "How's your spiritual life?" And so I just feel like that's like the first thing that we want to take care of. So, anyways, 
So all of this together, the two years that we've gone through, um, what you found, um, what I've found, but but again, uh, finding even more deeply through what you guys have found, um, I decided, you know what, I'm not going to sit and let the devil just run a rough shot over all of us anymore. Let's let's take the prescription that you guys have discovered, and let's put it in a simple format, and maybe let, let's get together and let's do this for Lent this year. You know, we're, we're coming out of this two years, and people want to find that peace, that order, um, the love of God again. So <clears throat> I actually put it in something very beautiful, I think, and I just got these last week, nick of time, but this is uh, what's what I call the peace through strength prayer journal and in the beginning it just lays out why this is important and and what is a spiritual protocol uh the basic baseline best catholic practices spiritual pro protocol but then we go through 90 days of uh shoring up those those uh, little disciplines of our catholic uh spiritual practices but but mainly though we we're we're gonna go to a place where i think all of us I won't say all, but most of us, almost all of us have not gone. And that is to get very intimate with God, you know, that, uh, and that historically all the saints prayed in this way, it's called mental prayer. And it just means stopping, stopping for, and I say at least 15 minutes, you can go longer if you want, but taking time each day to just stop and be the, with the Lord and that's what this helps us to uh, guides us through getting those that that baseline spiritual protocol up and uh, habitual, and uh, and uh, doctor too. Uh, I know I've been reading, the, but psychologists talk about twenty one ninety, and twenty one days to develop a habit, then then ninety days to kind of entrench that habit. And so we're going ninety days. We start the day after Ash Wednesday. I count it on a calendar, mm -hmm. and we're going up to the feast of the Visitation. And I love that feast because I, I like to say, I mean, they're just praising the Lord. You know, how is it that the, the mother of my Lord is here? And Mary's like, my soul proclaim the greatness of the Lord. And and John the Baptist is you know, dancing in Elizabeth's womb. And uh, but it's it's just so much excitement, so much enthusiasm, so much zeal because they're just on fire with the love of the Lord. Don't we want to be at that place? So. Uh, I wanted to just kind of frame everything before we got started here. So thank you for listening to me. And doctor, please, you know, our, the title of our show uh, is, you know, we want to get to that place where we just feel safe, um, the safe space, as they say nowadays. But we want to go to that place where, you know, we feel like it's difficult at least for uh, for demons to go. And again, you and your team have... Uh, you know, just done amazing things to help us understand what that place is. Um, can you help us, Doc, to, to just understand, you know, what is it that we, that will help us to find that peace, that love, that joy in our lives? Well, for sure, that's the, you have a really good start with that prayer journal and using Lent and the different tools that the church has provided for us to our advantage. So you have the, you know, prayer, almsgiving, fasting, that's all really helping us grow spiritually to detach from things in this world. And so what you're talking about is really, I mean, the kind of the psychology behind why this stuff is working is because you're physically, you're building a routine, you're building a brain pathway so you have a path to follow yes. and when the demons see that happening they're just like they don't want that so you have several battles the first battle is getting yourself in the chair at a certain time every day to do the prayer the journal and to spend your time in rosary i mean the demons hate that and so they are looking for how can we get you to stop and it's amazing how many things come up that oh, you got to do this, or that's important, or let's think about this, that it keeps you from sitting down and doing it now. And one of the things that I found in my own spiritual journey as well is that once you get through that battle, it's just like, I need a specific time, I need a specific location, whether it's a prayer chair or a church or adoration, yes. making it a routine is really going to be beneficial. Yes. And that's how God's making us to work towards him and to push that stuff out of the way. 
Nice. Now, Joe, yeah. we had we just had Father Ripperger on um, last week's podcast, and we talked about discipline and how, on a spiritual level, the demons despise discipline. Uh, they abhor the individual, he said, who's disciplined, uh, because there's something about that discipline, spiritually speaking, that can just pummel the demons. Really, they take a beating, he says, and they don't want to take a beating. From uh, your standpoint as, uh, as a psychologist, as someone who understands the way the brain works, spiritually, Father Ripperger tells us, demons hate it. Seems to make sense in the spiritual context because, yeah, it's a spiritual battle. But there's a physical component here because we're created by God, and the physical somehow seems to always intertwine with the spiritual. That there's some sort of overlap in the way we live that can right. one affects the other. Can right. you talk to us about psychologically the makeup of the brain, how how a disciplined life, mm -hmm. virtuous dis virtue discipline, you know, how this becomes so effectively powerful and helpful to us, and then how that ultimately it becomes such a threat, which Father somewhat addressed last week, the spiritual threat. But how does this help us on a psychological, natural, human, ordinary level? Why is discipline just so darn important? Well, the, the discipline is really um, because you're exercising your will. And so one of the things, uh, like Father had talked about, that, that sense of being led by my emotions or being led by, you know, my will, I'm choosing to do what's the right, what's the good. And so to say, I'm going to set up a prayer discipline that I'm going to practice this is now I'm choosing that. And so the emotions are going to be pushed. Your emotions, you're going to be tempted. It's going to be, that's like we talked about the distractions, the do it later effort. Oh my gosh, it'll be so hard. Um, I can do it some other time. Those those kind of temptations are the first wave of attack that you get. And so mm -hmm. having that discipline is really exercising and building a strength to choose the good and to kind of detach it from the emotion that is where society is saying go for happy now go for easy now just you know if i could lay there and take a pill and be super strong and muscular that's what i would pick you know it's like people aren't willing to go work out and get up and to eat healthy and and to work on those kind of you know self-denial uh strategy. So that's that first part. Now the spiritual piece ties in with the, the, the physical in that sense of if I choose what's, you know, good, I'm going to be working towards that. And, and one of the things that I don't know if Father uh, Ripberger has mentioned, but there's this thing called psychological compatibility. And I'm tempted with stuff that has psychological compatibility. It's stuff that I would be liking to do. And to break free of that, I'm gonna have a bigger fight. And so, for example, for myself, I am not tempted to do accounting. It is just not ever gonna yeah. be something to say like, hey, let's sit down and do some math problems. It's not something <laughs> I would do. I would say, hey, let's go backpacking Amen, or let's brother. go hiking. And so, so the idea is there's a psychological compatibility with the temptation. I'm tempted into something that I like that might not be good for me. And so that's where the discipline is really to say, no, even though it could be fun, I'm going to say no to that and I'm going to do this discipline. And so it's a simple example of be, being faithful in your marriage is to say, right. you know, after you're married for a while and you're saying, oh my gosh, we're coming back. We've got all these chores to do. We've got bills to pay. There's this stress that's going on. I'm going to be tempted to go do something fun or to talk to a friend or to take a drink or to look at porn or those kind of things. It's like, I'm going to be tempted away from the effort to do this good thing. And that's where the devil's looking for the hole in your armor. What kind of stuff can I get you to try? And then once you try it, it's like, oh, well, come on back. And then they uses your memory, your emotion to bring it back around again. So it's like once you've looked at it, then the devil can ring that emotion back up and pull you a little farther. And yeah. so the beginning of the battle is the most important because it's saying, hmm. I'm choosing to do this good thing. I'm choosing to go towards God which is where that, that prayer discipline, uh, praying a rosary and getting, um, if, we, if we use Father uh, Francis de Sales, 
uh, spiritual direction books, he was really talking about using your imagination because that sense of if I can picture, here's where I'm going, that God's loving me, or here's what's going on in heaven, and here's the angels, and here's the help that God's wanting to give me. If I use that to my advantage, then I can step into that where the devil is using the temptation of my imagination the other way to say, well, think about that miniskirt or think about that extra helping you can have for dinner tomorrow night. You know, just like it's it's tempting you to sloth and gluttony and, and those seven deadly sins. And so I need to really be able to watch for where am I headed? What are my thoughts leading me towards and really take custody of my mind and direct it towards a virtue or a good, you know, I want to have a good marriage or I want to be a good parent or I want to be a good employee. I'm going to get this contract done, you know, those kind of positive things that you're working towards. Yeah, I, I, um, I love the words that you, you both have been using, uh, words like undisciplined and mm. also a detachment. And one of the things I've been saying is, you know, I, I look back in this last two years and I said, wait, what, what happened? You know, how did, how did we allow these scoundrels to just walk in? And I, I believe they're the minions of the devil, uh, but it's all the devil's work. How did we allow these, these people, and <clears throat> most of them are these liberal elites, to come in and just take over and, yeah. and just tell us how, how many times, sit down and shut up, we're doing it this way. Yeah. And, and we just kind of complied. Uh, so, and I said, so I want to learn, I want to learn from these two years because I, I don't, I, I, I want us to, uh, I want us to abandon them for one mm -hmm. and, and, and get into healthy, good, godly living, uh, where we, we reclaim surrendered ground. We take back the, the soil that they took, but also I, I don't want to ever to have this happen again mm. and so uh, i i look okay how did that happen and for me and you guys can correct me please but i think it's because of the words i just pointed out we were detached we were mm. undisciplined we were weak uh and and we i think we we a lot of us do religion pretty well and mm. we you know make sure we you know do what we're told uh but how I look back on the last two years and I'm going, you know what? We were detached. We were doing the religion thing. And here's the image I've been using lately too. It's my favorite. I love the image of Martha and Mary and Jesus is in the living room. And Martha's mm -hmm. like, oh, we got a guest. You know, I better go over here and uh, you know, prepare a little, uh, you know, appetizer and get the meal ready. You see how I'm talking there? It's, it's superficial. It's like, yeah, whatever. There's another, there's just another guy in the other room there. <laughs> no, it's God. It's the second person of the Holy Trinity. And Mary's just like, I can't do anything else except get as close as I can get to him and, and stare into his eyes and hang on his every word. Uh, do we do that with our faith? And I, to me, that's how, that's why it was so easy for Satan. Because we were we were doing Martha really well. I mean, I always say what she was doing was noble. She was doing hospitality. You know, there's a guest in the house. Mm -hmm. you know, but but there's a, there's a time where we go. Wait a minute, we're in the presence of God, right? And that's yeah. why I, do, I love I love a worship that's done that way, where you're you know here I'm going to do it with my voice, where we're in the presence of God. Not okay. Yeah, we're another got another religious service here going on, and we uh, let's go over here and let's have a band over there, and let's uh, let's you know what I'm saying it's it, it, and I, I, so that's why I'm saying um, that I believe this Lent is a time for us to do the merry thing, you know, for us to 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 our religion is wonderful. I, I it's a treasure chest. It's all amazing. Catholicism? Are you kidding me? It's amazing, but have we done the merry thing have we got in in close and then to to have the let's call it the ramifications of that you know they come with that doctor can you can you tell am i tracking right or wrong or uh what do you think about that you know the, the idea that um i don't know we, we've been superficial detailed well, that's undisciplined that's really wise i mean it's just it's it's called 
a call to go deeper. Right. And that's really what we're needing right now. And right. that's right. what the protocol is about. The four-step protocol is really going deeper. And yes. like Father uh, Ridberger had mentioned, is like, you know, usually the first half, people are like, get it off me. I want to see the priest. I want to just pray the prayers, get it off me, pray right. the prayers, the stop it from the hassling pill. me. Yeah. And what we're looking for is that shift in the second half of the protocol from, oh my gosh, get it off me to saying, okay, God's in my life. I'm here. God's here. Now, how am I going to be a prayer warrior? How am I going to be able to live this faith in a way that it's, it's really led by, you know, I'm choosing to do what's right, even though it's hard, you know, so it might be hard in the marriage where the stuff is getting manifested in the marriage because, you know, they're trying to get you to stop. And you want to be able to say, no, we're going to, we're going to pray together. We're going to work and we're going to have that time. So that, like we said, that first battle is just getting yourself into the prayer routine. The yeah. second battle exactly is what you're talking about is saying like, now I'm going to go deeper and get my mind lined up with the kind of things that I need to be thinking about things I'm praying about the bigger picture in a sense of like, here's what God's doing in the world and to be able to line up with that. And so that really is right on target with uh, what you're yeah. offering there. Yeah, you know, Father, earlier you're talking about the part about being weak, and and Joe, you could, Doctor Joe, if you could, um, you know, reference this to or, or make comment on this as well. You know, I, I think about the quote from Ronald Reagan, and when we mentioned Ronald Reagan, Father's eyes get big because he, <laughs> <laughs> the peace through strength. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he he said some great things, you know, and he talks about tyrants and when they're tempted, and I don't think you can really speak of a more aggressively destructive tyrant than the devil and his his minions um just wanting to tyrannically destroy anything and everything that's good holy and true but this quote is he says in 1980 at the republican national convention july 17th we know only too well that war comes not when the forces of freedom are strong but when they are weak it is then that tyrants are tempted Yep. And I, you know, Father, that kind of really speaks to what you're saying, because you could take this quote, I'm going to say it again, and I, I'd like the audience to consider this in the spiritual realm, yes, and also in the day-to-day -day natural discipline or undisciplined realm that Dr. Joe is just recently speaking about, the, the need to develop that discipline and so forth. Just listen to it again and look at it from that, that viewpoint now. We know only too well that war comes not when forces of freedom are strong. War against your marriage, war against your children, war against your relationship with people around you, war between you and, and, and even God, the, the, the trying to tempt us to, to turn ourselves against God and be angry at God and, and start trying to start a war with him. Ridiculous. It's when they are weak, it is then that the tyrants are tempted. So, Dr. Joe, does this, I mean, does this just relate well to the spiritual that we're talking about here in, in your work with Libra Christo and your work when you're talking with people that are emotionally, I mean, I know because we interviewed you, we came out to Idaho to interview you for uh, doomed to repeat it. And we had just great conversation with you the night before you and your wife with me and my son there in the restaurant. And then, and then the next day, and you talked a lot about this emotional piece that I think we could all hear every day. You know, just a reminder of not letting the emotions dominate. Because when the emotions dominate, doesn't that make us weaker and tempt the tyrants, spiritually speaking, to attack? Right. Well, and that's something that, uh, to Father's point, is like saying we've had two years of stress and just things not going well and not knowing what to do. And people are looking for how do we fix this? What's going on? And so that setting of fear is, you know, a, an important part that we're having to deal with and it wears you down. And the temptation, you know, that the devil's pointing out, here's what you don't have. Here's what's not going well. And in basically the research that they've done is saying that people have really these five common temptations that they're fighting and they're in everybody It's part of our fallen condition. So that, that first one is saying, I'm getting controlled. I don't want to be controlled. And even if it's like, could you hand me a Kleenex? It's like, no, what are you going to do? You know, it's just like, you know, that, that sense of, I don't want to be controlled. Even if it's something little that my initial reaction is, no, you're not going to control me. Yeah. 
um, I don't want to be criticized. So people be like, hey, you just said that. That's insulting me. And, and you know, so everybody's offended and talking about how, oh, you're criticizing me and, you know, back at you. And so it's pretty normal for folks to say, well, you think you're bad. I'm bad about this. Well, you're bad about that. And so it's just that tit for tat kind of attacking each other back and forth. Um, so there's another place then to say, well, what if people really knew me and I'm not good enough? And so everybody's afraid of being found out like, oh my gosh, I'm not really good enough. You know, I'm just, I'm going to mess up or I've got some faults or I'm not really good at everything. And so that's a third temptation that people have. Um, other people, um, another temptation that we, we face is that sense of um, they're getting something and I'm not, you know, it's like what I lack, what I'm not getting. And that's just like the devil dances all over you on that one. Just like, oh, well, you didn't get this. And so then you spiral into, well, here's what else I don't get. And here's what's not going well. And my marriage isn't going well, or what I'm not getting at work, or I don't get the recognition or the pay that I want, you know, and that, that kind of really is, is seedbed for people to start fighting with each other. And so we've had fear, we've got, in media, the, the sense of you're not good enough, you know, you're, you're, you're being criticized, you're being controlled. And it's just, it's all these things coming at you that really kind of lead to folks and the breaking down of relationships. You know, we want to fight with folks rather than say, well, I'm loving and you're loving. Let's calm down and let's work together towards this goal. And then the fifth one just, oh yeah, go ahead. The fifth one is just that that sense of I don't want to be alone, you know, that unbearable aloneness that, you know, everybody's going to leave and I'll be here by myself and I don't want to be left. So I'll put up with that rather than be rejected. So that's kind can of the five. Can you speak, doctor, to how love, I mean, real love transforms us uh, that that, you know, what you just described in the in those those five elements, um, I was sitting here thinking. You know, if I really loved someone, I'd be like, those don't mean a thing to me, <laughs> you know, because yeah. all that I care about is expressing my love, uh, is, right. is, is I empty myself into the other person, right? I, mm -hmm. I, I, uh, it's not about me at all because I love you and, and I, I'm just, I'm almost obsessed with wanting to express that love that can you speak to I, I, you have better words than I do about that, but um. well, and that's, that's really a, a very true place that, you know, people when they're in new in a relationship and they're just like, you're talking about, they're young and they're in love and they're just like, Oh my gosh, I'll do anything for you. And Oh, that laugh is so funny. And everything you do is so delicious. And you know, just like, yeah. it's just all that stuff. I just love everything about you. And that really is that power of well, that. I've love. seen it in ninety-year-old couples mm. too. <laughs> Good, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. But that's something that has to be built and maintained because it's a natural phase that happens in the beginning of a relationship. But if you don't maintain it, it's going to fade. And so you need to have that input. Just and so whether you're maintaining your relationship in your marriage or you're maintaining your spiritual life the work is going to be something I have to do on a regular basis. And so that idea of back to the idea of the discipline, the routine is really a nice solid foundation to say, I know we're here. We're going to handle this. You know, it's been a difficult couple of years. We're going to make it, you know, it's not going to go on forever. Everything that's feeling bad ends and we're going to be able to see some new days coming. And so the idea of having hope, and the church really does foster and, and offer us a reason for hope. Can I quickly follow up on that? Because you mentioned something too about uh, the habits. And one of the feedback I got uh, early on with this is that, um, okay, you want us to do these habits, these daily habits. Uh, doesn't that sound like the Pharisees? And I says, no, I, you know, it's different. If, if it was only about the habits, okay, it, but you know, and what's what's uh, what's the inner uh, motivation, inspiration for wanting to do it? And, and what what we're talking about here, your Libra Cristo team, and and what I put together here is these are the simple habits that all the saints did, and were revealed by God through Mary and the saints. So, in other words, these are the ones that please God the most because. He said, okay, I'm going to reveal this to you. 
And then we go, okay, I'll do it that way. Or we go, yeah, that's nice. There's a smorgasbord and I might want to choose this and I might want to choose it. No, 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 no. These, these are the ones that the saints went to and understood that God revealed them through Mary and the saints. And, and, and so they just went, if that's a way for me to express my love. I just, I want to do it your way. And then along with that though, is what we're going to do that a lot of us just aren't doing. We're not throwing ourselves at the feet of Jesus like Mary did of Martha and Mary and just stopped and spent, like I said, 15 minutes more if you want, but 15 minutes where you're just intimate, you're silent. I, I, I keep pointing out that the word silent and listen use the same letters, right? Do we do that, right? And so, um, so what is, this is about getting intimate with God. And, and that makes all the difference in the world. So again, I just want to impress on people that these daily habits that we're talking about here aren't meant to be the Pharisees that say, well, you got to do this precise way. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's just an act of love, not an act of, you know, obedience, uh, you know, following the job description, you know, at your work. No, it's an act of love because God showed us, I'd like you to do it this way. So, and, and so I'm, I'm smiling because my son or my daughter is doing what I asked them to do. And, and that makes us more tight in. Does that make sense? That does. Yeah, that does make sense. And, and the idea of, you know, like with little kids when they're learning about, you know, First Communion reconciliation, it's like you're teaching them just the externals. And, you know, like here's the Hail Mary, here's the Our Father and, and teaching those classes. And then as they mature, then they're saying, okay, now let's start thinking about that and pondering. Yes. And that's where using your imagination is really going to be powerful to say like, okay, I can develop the intimacy. And it, that could be a two-step process as well. So if, if it helps, I mean, for, for folks that I've worked with, it's really easy to start with saying, well, I'll start with myself. I know I'm loving because I'm in here and I can say, well, of course I'm loving and I would pass a test, you know, so it's just, but to start with that, and then to say, well, if they can make posters about it and do books about, you know, here's how relationships work. And if everybody sees themselves as loving, that means my spouse thinks they're loving and they're trying to do stuff to help me. And so that first step of just acknowledging and letting yourself soak in like I am loving is the first part. The second part is attributing to somebody else. They are loving. And then it's a really nice bridge to say what I attribute to other people, I can attribute to God. So if I can say, well, God is loving, what's that like? And a simple exercise that, you know, just, I guess my style of when I was doing that is thinking when my daughter was born and it was just like, there's all this love that just showed up. Like she's just laying there sleeping and there's all this love that's just happening there. And then to take that and say, see that love that I feel. And apply that to God and saying, God's looking at me with that same kind of love. And to add in what you're saying is like, now he's saying, here is this way to be in relationship with me. But to then really make it real by saying, and God has that kind of love like I feel towards others. He feels towards me. That's a really good source of meditation. And just to kind of let that grow and let, let yourself soak into that. Because there's so much medicine there for your heart. So we're just over halfway through the program here. And if the audience is wondering, what is the answer or answers for the place where demons will not go? Uh, we've talked about discipline. We've talked about intimacy. We've talked about love. Uh, I mean, a deeper love, not just the I love ice cream, okay, which I do. But that's <laughs> all we're talking about. But, but what would you say then uh, is the place where demons will not go? Because in all honesty, if I'm thinking about uh, an attack from a, you know, a foreign enemy in a natural way, I want to go to the place where I can have my family be safe. I want to go to, I don't know, the mountains in Idaho. Hey, and hang out with That's Dr. Joe. You know? But <laughs> I want to go to a place where the enemy will not go. What is the answer? And you know, Father and Joe, I mean, kind of mm -hmm. let's kick this around. What is the place, Joe, you think, where demons will not go? You, from your psychological standpoint and your work with Libra Cristo. Okay. Well, it's just, there's a funny story and in, in working with the, with the team. And we had a lady that um, had um, 
a lot of, I mean, she was possessed by multiple demons and she was talking about how she'd be at church and she'd be there with her kids and she'd be praying. And, and it was just like the demons would manifest in the people around her in the pews. And she was just, she was hearing this stuff and she's just like, Oh my gosh. But when she said, Mary, come here, there's a demon. And she said she could just see the demon's eyes just like, like, oh my gosh, Mary's here. And as soon as Mary showed up, that purity, that love, the demons left. And it's just, it's that powerful. So St. Joseph, we're getting the same kind of stories. St. Joseph that shows up. And it's the purity and that intimacy, that love is so powerful. And it's so painful to the demons. They want to leave. And that's right with what uh, Father Chad was talking about last week, we're saying like, when you get into that area, you start moving closer to God, the demons don't want to be there. You start saying prayers, they don't want to be there. They're like, let us out. And now what we found with the team is that now it's up to God to say, can they leave now? Or do they need to pay for the damage that they've been causing? And so it's like they're suffering and paying the price for some of the evil that they've done. I use the image of uh, the Garden of Eden. And uh, Adam and Eve had a choice. They could stay in that beautiful paradise, restful waters, verdant pastures. They could stay there. Or they could choose to walk away. And and that's really what goes on there. So that when we're close into God, mm-hmm. we're in that paradise. We're in that 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 uh, that um, that love, that that sacred heart. We're we're in in Macklin Heart of Mary too, and Joseph. Um, we're 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 with them, okay. So we're choosing to stay intimate, to stay close, mm-hmm. or or we can choose to venture out from that. And again, let me bring in Martha and Mary again. You know, Martha was pretty close in the same house, but she was still over there in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And and, um, and then Jesus turns to her and says, Martha, Martha, you're anxious and upset about many things. Well, we've been anxious and upset for two years straight. I mean, uh, because maybe, maybe we kept Jesus at a manageable distance. So he didn't ask us too much, right? And, and you know, didn't pull us out of our comfort zones. And, and we tried to do good things. Okay, you see, you see what I'm saying there? But but did we take the 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 risk of doing the Mary thing of getting that close because it's a risk because if you get that close he might ask you to do stuff that goes out your side your comfort zone and now he's managing me instead of me managing him and again this gets back to what I talked about love when you truly fall in love you take yourself out. And, and, and the other thing I, I love, one of my favorite scripture passages um, is, uh, uh, come to me, all you who are weary and find light burdensome, and you will find rest for your souls. Wait a minute. It's pretty hard what you're asking me to do there, Jesus. He says, no, no, no. Learn from me for I make and humble of heart. Okay. And you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy. And my burden light. Oh, you mean carrying my cross is easy? And and you're asking me to do extra stuff is easy? Here's how it's easy. When you love someone, you can't wait to do it. It's not a sacrifice in that sense when you're in love. See, that's what we're talking about here. And and so if we're doing the Martha thing, you know, he's kind of close, you know, in case I need him. Uh, But if we do the Mary thing and fall in love with him, then all of a sudden, our heart pounds with a desire to want to please him, with a desire to want to do it his way, a desire to want to be one of the great builders of the kingdom of God here on earth. And it's awesome. And you know what? It's a lot of extra stuff, and it's outside my comfort zone. And that's amazing because I love you so much. How's that sound, Doc? Is, am I tracking it all? Well, right. That's that's right on because that sense of when I'm in love, I'm going to do those kind of things. And that really does make a difference. And so yeah. having that that sense of I'm going into a place that's more loving and that's really yes. powerful. Yes. But I need time there. And so one of the, I guess, the, the tools to add to that is I need details. And right. so what kind of details am I thinking about? Am I meditating on? That's really important. So if I'm thinking of, you know, 
how is God loving me? Or how am I loving somebody in my family? How am I being Christ for them? How are they being Christ for me? That, that gratitude, that appreciation, that being able to say, I'm doing a good job here. But then looking at the details about that, you know, where, where were you sitting? What were you wearing? Where were they sitting? Uh, were you standing? Were you inside? Were you outside? Those details are really good um, aspects of your meditation that really turns the volume up. It turns up the calm. It washes off the stress, the, the stuff that's been hassling you, the frustration, the depression. So if we're talking about, again, the place where demons will not go, I'm just trying to take a, make a list here, like a tally of... Uh of the different places for the audience out there. We've got um, ice cream shops. That was, that was mine. <laughs> Multiple they won't choice. go to ice cream shops. So get a lot of ice cream, everybody. Okay. No, um, you mentioned the blessed mother I, at first doctor. And I thought that was great uh, because she is the one that crushes, of course, the head of Satan when she's near the demons flee. And this is something uh, I've not been in an exorcism. I know we've had Dan Schneider on Jesse Romero, yourself, father Chad, mm -hmm. And it seems like all of you speak to the effect that when the Blessed Mother is invoked, um, that that's that's like a big kick to the head to the demons. They just can't go, won't go, don't want to go near where she is. Uh, yeah. So Mary would be on in you know in the top of this list in the area. Father, you mentioned adoration, being with our Lord in, in union with our Lord as you as you bring the Martha Mary story in. So adoration. The demons will not go. They don't want to be there. The Blessed Mother, they don't want to be there. Love in general, a deep love. Father, you mentioned sacrificial love, which makes the sacrifice lighter and easier because it is out of love. I, I love doing things for my wife. Right. You know, when she asks me to do things and, and, you know, when she really challenges me sometimes, Doug, will you do this? Will you build me a new log cabin out in the wilderness? <laughs> Sweetheart, let me give you the hero pose first. <laughs> I'll go get my axe and get started on it. You know, yeah. but I love to do things out of love. And then also, um, one more thing that was mentioned, I believe, in here is uh, just discipline. The demons will not go in an area where someone is disciplined uh, naturally and spiritually. Uh, am I accurate on all of these so far? Because I'm trying to keep a list here. I, I would just inject this real quick. Is all of that, all of that is us coming here, Okay. So the place that the demons will not go is the Garden of Eden of God's arms, God's heart, okay? So yes, we need discipline to get there. Mm -hmm. uh, we want to make sacrifices for God to get there. We want to invoke his mom, which he loves, to get there. So the place, it's not so much like, like a, a prescription and you, know, and you take this and then take that and then poof, you're there. No, it's love. The, the the intimacy is the place that devils will not go. Now, again, we can make choices in our life to leave God or keep him, like I said, at a manageable distance. But then there's only two places to be. You're either with God or you're in the devil's realm. And 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 he can manipulate you eat more easily when you're outside of this place. Is that is that right, Doc? Right. Yeah, that's that's really what we're talking about is that sense of I'm identifying what the temptation is and then I'm moving away from it. Mm -hmm. And so rather than fighting it, I'm moving away and I'm asking the Lord to help me move into virtue. And that developing virtue is hard at first, but it gets easier with practice and the routines. And that's the spiritual ladders that the Middle Ages wrote all about, you know, just like these virtue ladders, people would grow develop in this routine and they would develop a corresponding virtue and then they'd have the next temptation and they'd overcome that and they'd have the next virtue. So it was really that sense of there is a, a, a marked out progression where we are walking away from that evil. And so, I mean, I think uh, C.S. Lewis uh, story about the great divorce gives a really nice analogy of that, of that sense of, Hey, we're going away from the darkness and the rain and we're climbing the mountain. We're heading toward the sunrise. And that really is something that's speaking towards the spiritual journey. We're constantly moving forward. We need to be practicing it. And then you need to look at, okay, how long does that last? If I'm having, you know, stressful things happening in my life and my job and my marriage, I might need more time in prayer. 
if I'm having, I know when, when we're working with families and they have, you know, during Marian feast days or holy days that there's more manifestations going on, they need more prayer on those times. And we have the team rallying around them in prayer in addition to their own family praying for them. And so it's just sometimes are harder. Sometimes you got more stuff you got to fight. And other times you get a break and then there's kind of like, hey, I can pray and I can actually be at peace. And God does give you the break. What I gather from all this here is, uh, and, and again, I'm, I'm doing this somewhat lighthearted to try to help, you know, in general, us all kind of grasp this. I think about what you two have both been saying, and I think about what Father Ripper said in last week's uh, Grace Force podcast. Everybody, check it out. Last week's U.S. Grace Force podcast with Father Chad Ripper, when he said that liberation from the demons, the place where demons will not go, you could say, is not so much about the liberation, isn't about getting the demons out. Like you were saying earlier, doctor, you know, get it off me, get it off me. They just want to get it off me. Let me say the prayers, take the pills, whatever, the, get it off me. But it's more about the relationship, the closeness to God, that the liberation comes when we are closer to God, when we cling to God more in general. And that that, that, doesn't, that doesn't just happen. It is an act of the will on our part because God will never force us. This is something that gets to me down here in, in Tyler, Texas, is there are signs, and I'm sure they're elsewhere in the world too, but here I see them in town driving around. God is in control. God is in control. And there's this attitude of, ah, don't worry about anything. Ah, Russia and the Ukraine, China and Taiwan, you know, viruses that can dominate manipulation of federal government, whatever. Don't worry about it. God's in control. In other words, do we not have to do anything then? Do we not have to respond? And I would always say back, but God doesn't control our free will. I mean, that would be a violation really of love at its core is to control someone's free will. So I, I just think that to help that idea that we do have to put forth, I think, Father, you've made mentioned this several times now, and well, Joe, you have too, is that we have to commit to a piece of this to be in that relationship so that we're in that place where demons will not go. Uh, gentlemen, comments on that? Well, I, I think just on the idea there that, you know, God can't make grow what I don't plant. And so ah, the, prayers yes. are, the prayers are the planting, and then he can make it grow, and he can have good things come from it. So I think you're on the right track. Yep. And I like again, that. I would just say that, um, I, and I'm a fault with this myself, that uh, I, I, I try to get a nice routine of prayers in, in my life going, and I slip every now and again with that but I've been pretty good with that. But I'll tell you that, that I always find an excuse uh, to not stop and to not just be in his presence. And, and that, that's a term right there in his presence that I think is, uh, and, and by that, I mean like really in his presence, not, you know, hanging out nearby or, you know, I'm standing in church, so I'm in his presence. No, 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 no. You stop. And you, you, you soak in his presence. Uh, again, you do the Mary thing. You're, you're just, uh, and you let that, you let that uh, fill you with his love. Um, that's something. And again, I think it's about the devil for all of us that God, that, 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 that we find every excuse in the world to avoid. And, uh, and I, I just think that this is so key in this moment in time, after these two years of torment, especially, um, uh, you know, like I said, I came out of this two years going, I'm not going to sit and take this. Uh, and, and so what are we going to do for me? And if anybody wants to follow what, what I believe I've um, decided we need to be doing, it, it's, it's we need to get in his presence like we've never gotten before. Well, and when you're looking at that and, as, as part of this Lenten preparation is to say, you know, are we drawn to Jesus? Is there something that we're drawn to? Because that's something a lot of people start with when they're coming to seek help from the team. It's just like, I know the prayers. I know, you know, here's what the church says. Right. There isn't a relationship there. It's like you're saying they're doing the, the superficial thing. Mm, really. And so to be able to say, maybe these meditations could be time for us to say, what is there? that we could love about God. What is there that he's doing for us? And it might be looking for certain prayers that help unpack that for us right. to kind of help. Cause there's a lot of saints that really have spent the time 
you know, writing out and meditation and, and describing it for us. And so then we can, you know, kind of start soaking in some of their wisdom and some of their, the path that they've built for us. So Joe, if, if, I mean, I know we're getting close to the end here, just a little bit more to go. What, from your perspective, you see so many people who are struggling on so many levels, both with Libra Christo, the work you do there, and just in your day-to-day practice uh, as a psychologist. So many people, the last couple of years we have already addressed have been brutal in many ways. Um, you are looking at people when they come to you from both the psychological and the spiritual side of things. For the, for the listener or the viewer right now, what are maybe three key things they should be doing spiritually, naturally, you know, either, or, I mean, we've talked about deepening parents of earth. Yes. And that's all the root of so much of this stuff, but someone comes to your office, you got one meeting with them. What would you say to them when they walk out? These are three key things you could do that you, you probably would find some immediate relief of the stress of the angst of the, of the struggle that you're going through. Uh, what would three, maybe three, let's just say three. You could do more if you want. Just three. <laughs> yeah. But what are three key things? Like if someone comes to me and says, hey, Doug, what can I do to start getting in shape? The first thing I, I would tell them is you want to start, it starts with what you're putting in your mouth. Your mouth is not yeah. a dumping ground for just anything that tastes good. Okay. It's the portal by which God has created the body to feed the body so that the body can be healthy and strong to do the will of God. You want to feel better? You want to start getting in better shape? It starts by controlling what's going in here. Then you'll start feeling better, and then you'll start feeling like you can actually move and do things in the exercise fitness realm, and then that's only going to add to it, and so forth. So what would three – I kind of stalled a bit there for you. Not that you need it. <laughs> what are three key things you would recommend to people to start putting into practice tonight okay. and help them feel better? So if we start with what do you put in here, that would be nice. looking for – gratitude what am i thankful for that is the nice. antidote for depression you're going to be what did i do well what am i thankful for who is helping me who am i helping and that's that's a really powerful you know first step you have that way um, i think tapping into father heilman's uh idea of who can i love how can i be loving that's going to be super powerful because just how that changes you inside. You're saying like, if I'm loving, I'm shifting to a different place. I'm shifting to a different worldview that I'm loving. I'm not worried about what I don't have. I'm not worried about what the other people get that I don't um, or how I'm, you know, it's not fair. I didn't get to go ski in every day that I wanted to go ski and I had to watch the kids. So if I could be loving, that's going to be a second one, you know, loving things that way. Okay. Um, Good. And that, that third thing, I guess, would be looking at, do you have time to get some rest? I mean, you, we really do need time in yeah. calm. Recoup. Yeah, time to recoup, time to rest. Yes. I mean, it's like it's built into us to say we need time off. We need time down. We need to be able to just be able to recharge. And, and God modeled so, that for us, he, the, the seventh day, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So do it. Yeah, this I had on that on that point. I had an old spiritual director who said to me, "Recreation pronounced differently is recreation," nice. and that when we take time to recreate appropriately and in in good healthy ways, mm-hmm. and not excessively either. You know, Balance. not to my whole life was about recreation and jet skiing and mountain climbing <laughs> and this, not Balance. that it's bad. And I know Joe, you do that, but you do it. <laughs> But you do it with a good balance to what your job is as well. I mean, there are people who live to recreate, um, and that's what I mean by excess. But he says recreate, recreate, so that you come back stronger to live the way God calls you to live. I, I just thought that was a, a that was that was a big help to me. And right. that sounds like that's what you're saying. It's find ways to rest. And rest doesn't just mean sleep, does it, Dr. Joe? It, it, it's, it's other things that can help your body recuperate, your mind recuperate, or can you break down what you mean by rest? Well, so certainly, I mean, the thing that I'm seeing most right now with just with, with the, the season and all the stuff that's going on and the stress in people's work and people being overworked because there aren't enough employees there. So people are having to cover for themselves and other people. So I think getting rest and time off is something that's really needed right now. Yes. Um, so that is that is powerful. Having that, like you're saying, that emotional recharging, that spiritual recharging is also going to be 
something that's very powerful. And if you're looking at saying, well, hey, I want to be happier. Well, there's three things that you're going to need. So one is I'm going to need something that's kind of the medium amount of challenge. Because if it's too hard, I don't want to do it. I don't want to fail. If it's too easy, it's boring. Mm -hmm. So I need that medium amount of challenge. The second thing I need is I need to have something I'm good at. And I want to have, you know, some skills, some talent, some ability that I'm putting into practice. So that's where doing a good job could make a difference. And the third thing I need is variety. And, you know, I can't be doing the same thing over and over and over. I need some variety. And that's really going to be, if I get variety, a medium challenge, and something I'm good at, that's going to move me forward. That's kind of that three-legged stool of happiness and being, whether I'm happy with my job or my relationship or, you know, the friends and the, the things that we're doing on the weekends. Uh, Doc, you, I, I can't tell you how grateful I am for what you're doing. And, you know, I, I don't know what you do much more mm -hmm. than the uh, Libra Cristo, but I'm grateful for that too. But I'm talking about what you and the Libra Cristo team is doing to, to help a lot of people to leave uh, th that place where the devil is manipulating them and, and to get into the arms of God and, and to, and to mm -hmm. have that strong discipline in their lives. Um, I, I'm so grateful for that. I know that you guys are, are uh, in the process of building like Libra Cristo teams around the nation to mm -hmm. be able to you know, have people approach these teams and, and help people. Uh, with your four phases, I think uh, mainly, but to get them through that that phase one and phase two, and and really what we're talking about here tonight is phase one, is okay. is you know let's get in that strong relational relationship with the Lord, strong discipline, and uh, and I'm I'm just you know, I hope everybody gets this, but I'm just a uh, an avid uh, follower, and and I agree a hundred percent with what you're doing, and I want to help with that. Um, and again, I'm, I'm kind of a person that's kind of nuts and bolts and, you know, help me get there. And, you know, so there might be not a Libra Cristo team in town or Father Ripperger might not be available or whatever. So that's why, too, I, I put it together like this. Okay, mm -hmm. basically the same thing uh, is here's, here's how you get that baseline spiritual protocol up in your life, but, but primarily that 90 days of, of getting intimate with the Lord. And that's that's going to put you in the place where the demons fear to tread. They just don't want to go there. And that's where the place where you're going to find peace. That's why it says peace through strength. And again, that's at Ronald Reagan. Uh, we maintain the peace through our strength. Weakness only invites aggression. And we were weak. And we've had a brutal two years. And this is, in uh, uh, so everyone, please um, join us. It's it, There's power when we pray together, we're going to do the 90 days from uh, March 3rd, the day after Ash Wednesday, to May 30th, the day before the Feast of the Visitation. And uh, and let's get uh, strong in the Lord and His mighty power. But we do that by getting strong in His love. So please, oh, I, am, I haven't told anybody where to go. Get it at RomanCatholicGear.com. They carry my stuff over there. RomanCatholicGear.com is where you can pick up your, we're spending this time now in February to get ready for March 3rd. So everybody get their book. And in the meantime, don't start. I keep joking with people, don't cheat. You know, don't start yet. Uh, start with us on March 3rd. But you can. there's a very small uh, introductory section that kind of lays it all out and explains it very, very well for everybody. So you can do that in this period of time when you get your, your Peace Through Strength prayer journal. So, Doc, thanks so much for being with us tonight. This has been awesome. Yeah, Again, thank you, thank you so much for for what you're doing and, and what the Libra Cristo team is doing. You know, this is, this is the, the bare bones essence um, because it's, it's God, you know, it's, 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 it's psychology. Yes. But it's, it's then beyond that it's, it's God. And so it's uh, it's the best possible way to help people. Right, doc. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, it, go ahead. You're on the right track. I mean, just that, the idea of having that routine, getting people involved in that, yeah. making it part of their life, and yep. then deepening it. That's I'm really important. About it. I've gone as far as to say this is the culmination of my priesthood. That's how passionate about, I am about this. So I'm not trying to sell books. In fact, uh, <laughs> the company's not making very much money because we had to pay all this air freight to get the books here. Uh, so it's, uh, but it's all a, a, a work of, um, of love and passion and, uh, so uh, please, everyone, plan to join us. Uh, 
Thanks, Doug. Thanks, Doc. And let's close with a prayer in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle in them the fire of your love. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Doctor. Thank you, Doctor. No problem. 